Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mind Podcast 115.0, your weekly source for news, views, and analysis. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you on a beautiful day in Houston. I don't get to say that often when it's summer, but that's how it is. And together with me uh, from the Mindmakers team is Sunanda Vashisht. How are you doing, Sunanda? Good, Adit. How are you? Pretty you look good. bright and perky. What's up? That's just me being on a Sunday. But no, I, I I guess it's because of the podcast today. It's the, just exactly, a very special exactly, podcast. Exactly. This is um, uh, so we have a special guest with us today on the podcast. Uh, we have uh, Professor Makarant Branchpeer from the Jawaharlal Nehru University <laughs> in New Delhi, uh, author of more than forty books, uh, a distinguished academic scholar who has whose op-eds actually come in various daily newspapers and websites, and he is actually um, traveling to United Kingdom and. United States on a lecture t- lecture tour. Uh, he just completed two lectures in London yesterday or day before. He came to Houston yesterday, and the U.S. leg of his tour kicks off uh, this week from Houston. He is not jet lagged. No. <laughs> I the, 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 the climate of Houston is such that no one. It's very welcoming. So yeah. because of my hosts, no. <laughs> it energizes me. Yeah, absolutely, but I, I'm going to warn you. Once you see Houston, it, it's a downhill from there. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, that, that's just the Houstonian in me kicking in. Uh, but no, no it'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. This is a great time of the year to visit US because the climate and everything is so nice. But welcome to Mind Podcast. Yes. We are delighted that you're here with us, and I know our listeners are delighted. are delighted that you're here with us. So today. I gave them a hint last week that we're going to have a surprise guest on our podcast this yeah. week. So they, but they did not know that you know we're going to be doing a podcast before this so this will be very interesting. So uh, before we get uh, start things off uh, I wanted uh, just Professor Paranjpe to talk about his journey, how he got here and you know everything uh, before. So Professor Paranjpe. Well, I took a flight from London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. United <laughs> Airlines. United and it's a direct flight. And they let you sit in your seat. That's yeah. an excellent thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Quite nice too, except that, as I was saying, the flight attendant couldn't uh, deal with more than one person at a time. Okay. But other than that, I was happy. Yeah. 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 United does not have a very good uh, reputation with flight attendants right now. So you're lucky you got didn't here. You didn't get dragged out, didn't exactly. get dragged out or anything. The plane was full, so they're still overselling. It okay. Wow. So, Professor, I would like to ask you like so how first of all like just a brief insight into the academic world for our listeners uh, of india and how is it like i think and a lot of our listeners also want to know where were you raised what schools did you go to what really influenced you and what really influenced the poet philosopher and the public intellectual in you oh wow that's a long story and we'll just use up all our time very briefly, very briefly very briefly i was raised more or less in Bangalore. I went to a school called Bishop Cottons, which was a, is actually a very old colonial school. And uh, I already started trying to question what was going on, you know, why did we have a Latin motto, which was called Nec Tectrosum, Nec Sinistrosum, which is interesting, because it means neither to the left nor to the right. <laughs> interesting. More or less, that has been my path. Mm-hmm. Today, I see myself as a 
sort of right center intellectual mm. uh, completely you know mm-hmm. uh, sold on the extremes on either side obviously but mm. uh, you know then of course i was in st stephen's college uh, and i, w- I went to the university of illinois champaign urbana where i did a masters and a phd but i was deeply interested in going back to india as i was saying to uh, both of you mm. yesterday because i so wanted to be a part of the indian story mm-hmm. but what i realized uh, to my not so much horror but disappointment is that india didn't want me to be a part of its story because indians were not at all interested in any form of vaicharik swaraj hmm. or, uh, what time period are we talking about oh, this is 80s. 80s and uh, you know and 90s and I think right up to now now mm. things have changed a bit there's a reassertion of some form of indigenous or indian or even hindu narrative mm. but all these years there was and yet this assertion hasn't quite resulted on the ground in a fundamental change in the attitude of people to themselves because mm-hmm. we are still deeply colonized in india and constantly look to the west not just for guidance but for approval affirmations yes so there is no indigenous as even today or native source of self understanding recognition or affirmation so the intellectual crisis that i uh, sort of observed or uh, found myself inserted into first hand when i returned mm. isn't still concluded it's still ongoing so it's interesting that you said said this because uh, and i i was particularly intrigued you that you said you call yourself a right of center intellectual so the goalposts are shifted so much that people who are on the left they don't call themselves left of center or leftist they call themselves oh we are the mainstream and that's that's how much the goalposts have shifted in india in the intellectual sphere that uh, somebody who's on the left or left of center and in some cases and you would probably know in the academia card carrying communist members or members of the sfi in their earlier avatars and they call themselves centrists there is no way so what is center you know what is that that is a very important definition that probably we need to define i think that's such a good question because in my opinion the center doesn't exist Mm-hmm. yeah see i never saw myself as rightist right in fact the what i'm simply saying is that the space had got occupied by one kind of thinking mm. and so i have asserted my right to be a rightist mm-hmm. or uh, a right of center thinker yeah in order to flag this what i would is that a reaction to what you saw reaction or corrective corrective what's good what i'm trying to say is there's not only a subterfuge mm-hmm. but even you might even call it uh, a certain kind of uh, intellectual dishonesty in other mm-hmm. words that uh, the center was hollowed out and uh, these so called leftists i call them so called because most of them are insincere yeah uh, and the left the secular the liberal you may call them sll i mm. call them sllls less mm. left liberals right so what they've done is they had completely occupied the intellectual space and right. pushed everybody else to the margins through a process of exclusion name calling and possibly intellectual skandaguri mm-hmm. and this is what uh, had to be countered and this is so what i'm trying to say is that the left is such was not truly left they mm. are uh, you know many of them i mean as you said some are card carrying 
but most of our universities were patronized by uh, people of a particular ideological bent mm. partly or mostly because of congress rule governments over a period of time so that in the 60s and 70s there was a, uh, there was truly a center of some kind mm-hmm. yeah but i guess the watershed if you want to do uh, an analysis and do a history of ideas mm. was i think indira gandhi's tilt to the left mm. and getting into the soviet camp and after that it's uh, as i said there was no center and then the other side of this was all these uh, minoritarian discourses mm. uh, whether you call them you know discourses of uh, deprivation mm. or uh, gender but the result is that everybody wanted to be in the margins no right. one wanted to be in the center yes. so the margin was the center uh, but they never admitted that we have occupied all the space which is wonderful what you're saying i like the phrase that you used intellectual crisis you said when you went back there was intellectual crisis i like that phrase for multiple reasons one i see that as you said the intellectual crisis still continues do you think and when when i combine this with indira gandhi's uh, move towards the left and we putting ourselves in the soviet camp do you think all the leftists who then started calling themselves leftists were there primarily because of they wanted say a government position or be on uh, you know uh, heading some organization or doing something were they truly leftists or was it something that they chose to promote themselves as to get that kind of um, you know um, things that they were getting and from I the want government? to add something to your question yeah. and that professor can come in um, another thing also was was indira gandhi because her tilt towards leftism was started with the socialism back nation bank nationalization and so forth do you think she was looking for some sort of an assertion or approval from these professors and that's when in academia she had all these leftist professors who would say that oh she's doing a great thing and so and she would so they dominate were yeah so she wouldn't i mean the fact that indira gandhi was a popular leader in in politically but this way she controlled the ideological and the political space and then then that led to the emergency it was very interesting so uh, professor pranjpe i would like you to respond to both of them in uh, the next quick segment where we're going to talk about this and the uh, the leftist domination dominance of institutes see going back to indira gandhi i think the root of this so to speak uh, tilt to the left goes to the division the split in the congress between congress o and congress I. i indira in 69 mm-hmm. the people who supported her were the leftists but later there was a quid pro quo mm-hmm. and this is what i was trying to say that when i said they're not truly left what i meant is after 74 when naxal bani failed mm-hmm. till then there was some idealism people were actually going there to the countryside mm-hmm. even from my own college oh, yes and stevens is well known people left in middle of the night and went and joined the movement exactly so but then by the time i joined college which was 77 after the emergency mm-hmm. was finished, finished. Mm-hmm. and there was a great disillusionment with indira gandhi's own authoritarian tilt right so that sort of what i call a more idealistic or sincere left was finished yeah and after that it was really a matter of as you rightly put it jobs 
So where Soviet Union failed, JNU survived. Last bastion. everywhere else by, by all the mainstream uh, us university departments and the news has spread would have already spread you would have already been blacklisted earlier, earlier, earlier also <laughs> unlucky, like english departments never call me mm. because my position in the english world has been so critical of some of these ideologies mm. so no, despite your scholarship in english and you know a primarily your scholarship is in english but they don't and, see it's a conspiracy of silence and mm-hmm. there are gatekeepers so mm. even in publishing you're kept out yeah. it's just that i'm one of the few but even i've been kept out of say certain i won't name them but mm. certain university presses yeah and certain kinds of prestigious uh, journals they mm. keep you out so this is the intellectual crisis we are talking about and this is what we should but, really talk about when the freedom of expression debate comes I to, in i have to point something very interesting um, that you are right absolutely when it comes to us universities there is almost a hegemony of the left yeah. in there but also in the us political system when it comes to issues of say national security and stuff and i'm going to call for the word of a better word chomskyites or so mm. to speak the professors they did not have that much of an influence Leverage. on the us politics post indira gandhi because indira was strong you had a lot of these intellectuals having um, uh, on them and the because i'm bringing this because we had the sukma attacks and maoist violence was one of the major issues uh, only lately has it been taken up and i'm going to call say manmohan singh's government too because uh, p chidambaram as a home minister started something but then they stopped the middle because upa was a classic example chidambaram Should... did start operation green hunt and thanks to leftists it had to be aborted aborted so that's what i'm saying so leftists so here if the us government was to take a certain stance on say thing would not have that much of an influence which in india they do and that is slowly waning and probably the award wapsi and campaigns like that is something of a pushback against that ki bhai apna jo influence tha itne saal ka wo ja raha hai 
and the traditional scholars were gradually marginalized even in areas of their expertise, mm-hmm. including Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very big issue. So unless we, you know, recreate or revive or discover alternatives to Western-dominated scholarship, uh, we are, as it were, uh, all of us called on or uh, compelled to excel according to these norms. Mm -hmm. And according to these norms, certainly the left and the center has done better than the right. Uh, This doesn't mean that the left is sort of automatically or naturally more competent. It's just that they have followed the protocols of scholarship better. Mm -hmm. Now, the right is in a bit of a trap. You see, they they are, in my opinion, they are trying to play it both ways. For example, on the one hand, they say, oh, we don't care. Mm. We don't need recognition from these, Mm. uh, you know, so-called, you know, peer-reviewed journals. But actually, they do. They also crave for it. They don't have it. So so it's it's a double bind. In other words, you don't have something. And because you can't get it, then you say it's not worth it. Mm. And I don't think this is a good strategy. Then what they also do is they say, hum publish karenge. But what they, you know, they like, they'll organize a meeting. Then they'll write you a mail mm. saying that we are publishing the proceedings. So kindly send your papers. Mm. Now you can imagine that a good project may take a year, year and a half. It has to be read, reread. They don't have those systems in place. So mm-hmm. there is output, but it's not necessarily properly vetted. So this is yeah. a genuine problem. You can't uh, wish it away. Wish it away. And the kind of good scholars from the right you're talking about, they're very few. And they perhaps don't even see themselves as, as scholars, scholars from the right. Like Dharampal is an example. Yes, yes. Professor Dharampal. Yeah. There's only two or three. Sitaram, Goel, Goyal, Ram Swarup. So, There's only five, six uh, of them. and then. But Sitaram, Goel and Professor Ram Swarup, they're not even considered scholars. That's a conspiracy. Yeah. That was a leftist conspiracy <laughs> to keep them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. but, but how many can we name? And then yeah. now more recently... You may say Conrad Els mm. or David Frawley. Yes. But the fact is, many of these, though, I mean, there is a kind of, uh, they're all my friends, mm. but it is also a fact that uh, apart from these four or five names, you don't have a whole lot of people, Ben Strength, who has actually published in respectable places or who can mm. think clearly. Mm. But I want to end by sort of this point at least, mm. end by trying to balance. The fact is, the left may have publications and may have a better profile, but it doesn't mean they can think any better. The Mm. crisis that I'm talking about engulfs the entire intellectual spectrum in India. Uh Left, right right and center. That's an interesting point. And and on a lighter note, the left has finally accepted Arun Shauri, but for different reasons. (laughs) Not because of his works or anything, just because of his latest latest interviews to Karan Thapar. So I guess uh, on on the right, if you want to go, 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 just criticize Modi on a Karan Thapar show, they'll accept it and then you can retract your position That tells you how, how... fake and how shallow their scholarship no, that, that, is that's exactly why i wanted to be by the way i have to tell you you know um, this was no, people thought that we were getting uh, professor paranjpur from jnu but this was not to discuss uh, sitaram's actually bid, bid for not re getting re-elected from cpm <laughs> i know i saw that because he's only in won one election na, in jnu yes before we get to our uh, next topic 
Um, I do want to say that this is MindMakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the MindMakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht, which is me. So speaking of ideas or the business of ideas, I think we need to distinguish between ideas and ideology. Because while we critique the left or whatever other ideologies, you see, it's not, we shouldn't collapse one into the other. In other words, the business of ideas is very serious. It's not just polemics. But now what's happened is there's a polemical crossfire and the victim is also, you know, the sanctity and the beauty as well as the depth of ideas because both sides are not interested. Mm. In really debating anything, it's just a crossfire, people are fighting and screaming at each other. And we have some really good fighters on our side. Mm. But the point is, they're not necessarily intellectuals. They are great polemicists, they assemble arguments and facts, and they're constantly trying to cut the other side. But there are many, many issues which pertain to the future of India, and in fact to its past, Mm. which require deep thinking, deep reading, analysis, writing, which can actually take years, decades, and nobody has that kind of patience. So I'm saying that while we're trying to course correct, we shouldn't forget that the business of ideas is not the same as the business of politics or yeah. ideology. Correct. Yeah. Very interesting point. So uh, so that's, I think, what what the gist of it is also that the right is probably not battle ready as of yet to yeah. take on the left no they are battle ready polemically polemically yeah but institutionally i meant they have not i think as yet understood the investment required in ideas right so that both sides have in, in their own way mm-hmm. a contempt for deep thinking they say they've instrumentalized mm-hmm. it. Right. so what does the right do they appoint somebody to a very important position uh-huh. just to say this is the contempt we have for this organization mm. or this institution which has been colonized by the left yeah. and this is the contempt we have for the critics mm. on the other side right. who are saying your guys are no good mm. by saying we will really appoint no good guys but just because we love them yeah. or, they are or just because we can or because we, we can, can and they are ours they mm. are, we belong to our ideological Logical. affiliation yeah. so we thumb our noses mm. and all our critics mm. by saying we don't give a shit what you guys think <laughs> we will do just as we please so I think that's that also detrimental also very detrimental that the the thumb rule should be to, to a point in positions of value and importance and where there's public dealing highly competent people yeah. and that competence the benchmarks for which have not to be vitiated by ideological considerations merely, but must actually also take into account real accomplishments. And there is a time lag that we have to accept will happen by the time because philosophers and intellectuals, they don't get um, baked in an oven. It takes years. So what is is the shortcut (laughs) of the right? They just take traitors from the left. They're full of people whom they've converted. They mm. have the pride of conversion mm. that, look, these guys used to work for them, yeah. and now they follow orders from us. us. But actually, the entire climate is getting spoiled to the extent that... Again, the real scholarship gets defeated. Gets sidelined, and the message that goes out is what matters is patronage, 
What matters is political connections and match fixing, your work and your own ethics, mm. your own, you know, the reputation mm-hmm. you've built up for independence, those things don't matter. No, and also it depends because you probably or many others, they have taken a stand of independence when it was very difficult to be independent. Yeah. So if you XYZ or anyone, you have stuck through that time or something and now suddenly you have people who enjoyed the patronage at that time too and just have seamlessly yeah. shifted over to the left. It's absolutely ridiculous. And at yeah. the same time, one must admire their skills. Dono hats se khate Hmm. They must have something. Um, or or, they, or they must be journalists. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> but another yeah. No, but I have to tell you something, Sonia. Yeah. One point. I'm sorry. And, and and because you. So, yeah. I mean, you have to have talent. Is what the the first step for any ecosystem is creating a process. Right? Yeah. I mean, you if you want to be at a create an ecosystem you need a process for intellectuals to get through them. If you don't have a process and just have a head mm-hmm. that changes, it does it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you from the ideas, um, you know, of that stratosphere to mundane. I want to talk about you in JNU. And uh, there was a talk that you gave on nationalism that went viral. That was actually forwarded to me by non-academics, non-ideological, non-political people who had nothing to do with anything. But I saw, you know, all these social media groups mm. that you are in and suddenly I see the talk forwarded and they're like, did you watch? And I'm like, of course. But what was interesting was that that talk reached a place, you know, to a, to very, you know, a strata of society who does not really bother themselves with politics or academia or anything. So congratulations for that talk. I thought that was uh, immensely useful. Uh, another thing that happened after that was when you were sort of get out by um, a bunch of students and that video also became viral. Tell us a bit about that incident. What happened? And then before you get there, the, we also did an interview actually. Mindmakers interviewed Professor Makran Paranjpe after right Yeah, after we talked talk. about, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely tweet out the link to that interview in case you missed it. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's very interesting because uh, we want Professor Paranjpe to talk but for a detailed discussion of what actually happened, happened. what led to this and the Kanaya Kumar Frankness so to speak at JNU that interview will give you a great insight yes. on this so I just wanted to plug but that. I want to know about that Girao incident what happened well you see if I may since time is limited mm-hmm. the thing I really want to say about JNU is that JNU needs to be transformed not destroyed because the teachers in other universities in India come out of JNU, many, many teachers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the hatred for JNU that has now become almost de rigueur all over India when Mm. you say you're from JNU, even at airports, if I flash my ID, (laughs) they say, what's wrong with you guys? Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. So I think it's it's gone too much. Mm. What we have to really focus on is to change the ecosystem so that the discourse in JNU changes. And even for that incident, there were only a few students and it was a failure in a manner of speaking of the university administration. The security was all around. Mm. And I simply told the security, I said, just move two students, let me go in. And they, yeah. didn't. they were so scared. I had to push them with their feet. I sat down and mm. so I'm saying that these, so to speak, heroics, if you like, or even theatrics, if you mm. don't like what I did, mm. should not be necessary. I think that a certain message should go out that certain things will not be tolerated and gradually maybe the administration is also doing that. Mm. But I'm not, I mean, JNU has some wonderful things, 
And uh, I really think that freedom, including freedom of dissent on campuses, mm. is very important. Right. Yeah. The reason why, in fact, I stood up is under the guise of dissent, the entire agenda was being hijacked by separatists who were very few, mm. and they were misusing those facilities that a university gives <clears throat> to push or to smuggle through really destructive agendas. So, in other words, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is we should not go overboard. Mm. And actually we should, uh, in my opinion, uh, talk about how to improve the you know, atmosphere in our university. And, and, and it's interesting that you say that because th that's a tendency here as well. Extreme light, right, uh, I'm sorry, extreme left and extremist Islamists they have a weird connection point because somebody like Bill Maher, who's completely on the left here, he was boycotted by UC Berkeley when he was because he had said things after the Charlie Hebdo attacks where he mm. did some plain speak on Islamist terrorism. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, so Bill Maher actually interviewed this guy called Milo, uh, Milo or mm. something, who's Milo. completely on the right, on from Breitbart, and he said both of us have the distinction of being boycotted by UC Berkeley. Yes. Extreme, extreme left and extreme right. Can you imagine? No, he was very important. What's yeah. happened is that the so-called liberalism of the left liberals is crumbling mm. down and they are, they are being revealed to be what they are. They are intolerant lumpens yeah. who are bullying and browbeating absolutely, those yeah, who absolutely, absolutely. So really, those who are talking about dissent do not respect dissent. Yeah, this no. is what has to be exposed. And, and liberalism has nothing to do with left or right. You are a liberal. Yeah, or, yeah I mean, you... We, it's regardless of whether you're on the left or the right. It's yeah. what you believe in on certain ideas of the society. So the one last point and then we have to go. No, I just wanted to ask. It was on a, um, uh, you know, uh, lighter note. I just wanted to find out if Dr. Pranjpe felt like an endangered species in um, uh, JNU. And do you have any friends? Do you, do you, uh, is it possible for you to sit with, um, on a, with a cup of coffee with somebody in JNU? Well, I must say this, my May Day message, this May Day is tomorrow, yeah. to all my comrade friends. Friends. I'm not an endangered species, but a demonstration of the survival of the fittest. And I think it's my tribe that's going to increase in the days to come. I want to clap for that. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Clap, uh, a round of applause is in order. Okay, so before we uh, end, and Professor Parajpa, this is a little of uh, different things we've different thing we've started in the last eight months or so, six eight months. People look forward to. It. We have recommendations which are non-political, and they can be um, academic, they can be ideological, they can be movies, anything. So I would like to start with Sunanda, and then I'll come to you with your recommendation for the week. Sunanda, you are. And you know, first of I, all, hmm. uh, I have to mention this. Uh, Indian films lost a very I fine actor, Vinod Khanna, this week. Yeah. So I knew you were going to come with the Vinod Khanna recommendations. <laughs> so pehle yeah. in, in like our uh, uh, Hindi news readers would say, uh, mind makers ki team se shraddhanjali. Yes. So, <laughs> no, I, um, it's a, truly a loss um, for uh, Hindi oh. cinema and the man who straddled three universes film spirituality and uh, politics yeah. with ease and the original debonair um he'll be missed and um he was just such a wonderful um 
actor and yeah. some of the choices that he made in his film career were wonderful yeah. i would recommend a film called dayawan i i think he did so well and this was after he uh, the osho incident yeah. he came back and he sort of came with a, the the chair was kept was, warm for him because who who how where else does that happen that the chair was kept warm for him he came back and he delivered this mega hit which was uh, on vardarajan vardarajan it was based on nayagan from madhuratnam yes. i think yes. Yes, so it was. It was our version of the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Of the Godfather. So, for the younger listeners who have never heard of this, perhaps think that Sar- Sarkar is the only version of Godfather. Yes. There was also Dayawan. There was before. also Dayawan. Go ahead and uh, you have to tolerate it through Fa- Firoz Khan. But yeah, you have to tolerate through Firoz Khan, Vinod but he's done. Yeah, so he did a yeah. wonderful. Vinod Khanna, then I would recommend Mere Apne. Ah, I was just about yes, to say excellent, an excellent, amazing film. Bulzar links up with our. political you see students mm, yes. that activism yes. but otherwise i would have gone for bahubali yes. which is again i think a very interesting uh, indian fantasy film yes. which is all set to give bollywood a run for its money absolutely, yes, absolutely. and mere apne has this wonderful song koi hota by gulzar and you see the mother there there's always a mother yeah. mm. but i think she's mother india and I love it because in the end huh. you see mother india is about reconciling all these different uh, uh, you know groups of people yeah, strands. even if they are mutually antithetical yeah. and even today when huh. india is moving to the right i really want to say india is for everyone yeah, and absolutely. we shouldn't promote exclusion and uh, reverse discrimination just because we are or people like us are now Absolutely. Yeah. My my recommendation would be uh, Vinod Khanna film Kurbani um, with Firoz Khan. And just wonderful film. recommend, mm. wonderful film. And just famous for the song. Uh, yes, Kurbani, which has been rehashed. And Kurbani, Kurbani. Yeah, and Kalyanji Anandji's finest score. Oh, yeah. And can you imagine this guy went from here to Rajneesh to become the Minister of State for External Affairs? And to to uh, he was for tourism and then external, external affairs. affairs. Yeah. On that note, I would like to end this mind podcast. Thank you, Dr. Paranjpe. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. and thanks for uh, being on it we'll be back with more uh, next week uh, till then it's a goodbye from the mind makers team